Welcome to PLSJ's podcast, where the Public Library of Steubenville in Jefferson County shares with you our favorite quirky questions, finds out what leaders in our community are reading, interviews local authors, and so much more. This podcast is part of the Out and About series, where we talk to business and community leaders, organizations, and anyone outside library doors to learn a little more about them personally and professionally. And as always, we'll find out what they're reading. And welcome everyone to another Out and About series. Today's guest is Paul Janamore. Paul is with uh, WTOV. And Paul, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. It is such a delight to have you here. Thanks for having me here. Glad to be here. You have more than 30 years, 30 years in the media industry. First of all, how does it feel to be sitting on this side of the fence? (laughs) Because you're always the one who is asking the questions. Well, let me tell you, they'll probably hear a hesitation or two as we go along (laughs) because I like to ask, not answer. And actually, May was 41 years. 40? Oh, my gosh. Because there was four years of radio before you knew me at the newspaper. Yeah, uh, we've been at this a little bit of time. I started uh, when I was in college. Uh, at Fran- well, what's now Franciscan. It was yes. just the University of Steubenville at that point. When I was preparing for this um, interview, I didn't realize up until I was looking and saw that you were actually in radio. So one of the quotes that I had uh, picked out that you had put on your LinkedIn, I love this. It says, my experience in more than three decades in the local media is that the technology changes, but the skill set really does not. It always is about accuracy, reporting what can be proven, and writing it in a compelling manner. I love that. And I think a lot of times, even with libraries, because of how the technology has changed, and they're like, well, libraries, they won't exist anymore because, you know, with the technology. And I said, no, we roll with the technology. We, you know, are updated. And and so it's kind of like in your profession, too, and how you, since you've been in there for now, okay, 40 years, it has changed. So how have you seen uh, the industry change? I mean, it's interesting. If you think about it, when I started, we didn't even have cell phones. Okay. I mean, it's 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 fun because, and one of the reasons I had switched from the newspaper to the TV station through the good graces of those folks on the Hill that thought they could use me for a little bit. Um, the interesting part is, you know, I've got a lot of young reporters coming in there, and they're filled with television skills I may never develop because I only have 35 years left to develop those. But teaching a young reporter about people and government institutions and how to deal with them, you know, it's still the same kinds of things that I learned from reporters who were ahead of me when I was starting out. So the chance to mentor a little bit. And the skills are the same. You know, you're dealing with people. Uh, you want to get their information out to your viewers or your readers, your listeners in a compelling fashion. You want to know how close you are to the truth. And I've lived by, and I tell these kids, and I'm pretty sure the guys who have just started this month up there will tell you I've already said this a million times. You report what you can prove, not what you know. Love and that. You think yes. about it. We live in an area here where a lot of people, and, and let me multiply this out. It's not just Steubenville. With Facebook, with social media, the explosion, people think they know a lot of things. Mm. What can they actually prove? And that's, you know, what you can prove prevents you from getting sued. What you know, (laughs) you might wander down some blind alleys. Paul, do you ever see teaching uh, down the road for you? Because like you said, you know, you're mentoring. You have a a lot of um, new people, young people who are coming in, mentoring them. and, And so do you ever see yourself teaching down the road? 
I might have eight or ten years ago. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Uh, if the opportunity came along, possibly. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. It is fun. And, you know, my wife is an educator and a professor and, and has her doctorate in education. And she keeps telling me working with these young people is going to keep you young. <laughs> and so to a certain extent, it does. And I can see her point. Uh, but it would have to be the right opportunity. So has it always been the news for you? Have you known since you were a little boy that this is what I want to do? Or Some of my earliest memories are watching Walter Cronkite sitting at my dad's feet in the living room on the old black and white television set. Um, that was a nightly occurrence. I mean, he worked turns in the mill, but when he wasn't there, we just put it on ourselves and watched it. My brother and I, my sister, I, and I always wanted to do that. And maybe early on I wanted to be, you know, television, but then... You know, I developed a real love. My first love was radio. Uh, I wanted to be a radio reporter. Um, and, of course, radio has kind of had some issues, too. So, I, But I went to the newspaper thinking back in 85, you're going to hone your chops. Newspapers are where it's at for reporting. You're going to learn some skills here. And then you'll go back to broadcasting. Well, yeah. <laughs> it took till 2018, and I had to go to TV because there was so much changes in the yeah. radio. Yeah, so what was that like for you, leaving the newspaper industry after so many years and then going into broadcasting? What Again, it's scary. I won't deny that there was not a lot of fear there the first few weeks. I mean, my first day, I walked in, and I remember uh, one of the young reporters there was uh, uh, Summer Wilkinson. And it was the day I started was the day that we had uh, – the gentleman was arrested that they had been pursuing for a while who had, uh, was accused of shooting the baby up on Pleasant Heights. Mm. So that afternoon, I, I went up to the TV station. I was supposed to be just kind of you know walking around trying to figure out where everything was and getting to know a few people. And uh, Don Sloan, the news director, says, Hey, found this guy. Let's, you know, go with Summer downtown. Okay. So we go downtown. She does the interview with Prosecutor Hanlon. We go back up to the TV station. And we sit down in front of the computer, and it has all the systems on it for writing the scripts and getting the videos in the right places and everything. And I look at this, and I'm like, you know, my mouth drops open, and she looks at me and says, it'll be okay. You've never used this before? Uh, The last time I did television, we were using two-inch videotape, and it was with tiny black-and-white monitors on a portable card at Franciscan back then. Oh, funny. You know, they, but, you know, first group of students in mass media we didn't have a studio or any of the things they have up there now, which is just fantastic. And so I just looked at her and, you know, God bless her. She took me under her wing. She started showing me through the system. And over over a couple of weeks, I did kind of start figuring it out. And now it's, you know, just as much a part of me as anything we did at the paper. But to say there wasn't a fear leaving everything I knew and worked with for all those years. No, I went from being big man on campus to being guy with a title who had to somehow learn how to do everything he needed to do at the same time. So, Are you comfortable now? A lot more comfortable. Um, I, I don't think you ever become completely comfortable in this business because you're only as good as yesterday. Mm. So, But uh, I've, I, I, I deal with it a lot better now. I understand how this stuff works a lot better. Yeah, that's good. So you've seen technology evolve. How have you seen the Ohio Valley evolved from the eyes of a reporter? Well, of course, when I started, uh, I covered pretty heavily the steel industry. Uh, and unfortunately, it was the client fall of the steel industry. Um, you know, about 2005, 2006, we all started to realize there was this whole other thing coming up in the in terms of the gas and oil and the drilling and 
having to learn what are all these weird pieces of equipment that we see on the back, all these trucks out on Route 22, and where are they going, and what are they doing over there? Is that a drill or a compressor stick? So there was a whole learning curve uh, with that, which has been interesting, and I'm, I'm still learning about that every day. Um, the economy, I mean, I've watched a lot of good people struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, the changes, the small business community just kind of declining and now rising again in a whole new form. Uh, to meet the demands of what people want today. I mean, we don't need too many typewriter ribbons, but, (laughs) you know, people seem to have uh, an affinity for some of the shops that we have in town. You know, we still need clothing. We still need people love antiques, the history of it all, the coffee shops. Um, So it's it's changing and evolving. Took a while, but we're getting there, I think. Yeah. Uh, What's your favorite story that you've covered in all the years? Is there one that just sticks with you? The first really big one that was, you know, on a national scale was back in uh, January of 1988. We had these two huge or one huge diesel tank up near Pittsburgh collapse and it poured diesel into the Ohio River. And the slick made its way down the Ohio River and it was like January 4th of 1988, which I remember because that's my brother's birthday. The slick stops over the water intake in Steubenville and the river is not moving. And so now we have this city of 20, 25,000 at that time that services this whole area with water. And there's no way to make more drinking water. And the national media descended on us. And it was kind of interesting. And uh, that was sort of my first experience with dealing, you know, elbowing your way through as the local guy to get the stories they're not going to get. So that one was fun. Um, you know, uh, I've covered presidents. You know, Obama was in town. Uh candidates. Um, what stories do you prefer to cover? Which are your favorites? Yeah, my, my favorite time probably was when I was business editor because you get to meet a whole variety of different people with different mindsets doing a variety of different things. Everybody's interested in you know, putting out a product or a service and you had to learn what those were before you could report about them. So it was a day-to-day and, and in addition, I was no business major. Uh, I relied a lot on uh, some college professor friends from back when I was in school that I would call. Nice. You know, uh, Joe Zorick at Franciscan was always an indispensable resource to me. He's since retired, and thank goodness he, he, he needs to enjoy some life. He's worked really hard at it over the years. But, uh, you know, I just learned to develop all these resources and, and the learning curve every day. And it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And usually those stories didn't. They did, but they didn't cross into the kind of angry political realm that everything seems to be attached to now. Um, you had a chance to tell a story and then hopefully get it. You, if you didn't get it perfect, you had a chance to follow up and make it better. And I enjoyed those stories. Do you have that now, being in television, just being able to? Yeah, it's all Time is so much different uh, than, yeah. than when you were writing, yeah. right? It used so. to be deadline was once a day. Now deadline's constant. And with social media, where you know these reporters are updating things constantly, uh, you've got a lot more to monitor. Uh, yeah. I feel sometimes more like an air traffic controller than an editor. <laughs> it's fun. It makes the days go by a lot quicker than just being a big man on campus and writing my one or two stories. Yeah. Day, so. And I noticed, too, I in the hand of the reporters they're using their phones now for notes where you know before you were writing down the notes yeah. and so i thought yeah. oh you know quick and yeah. trying to trying to be on top of everything so yeah I'm and sure even I, I do it now i never carry a notepad i've got my 
trusty Samsung in the pocket and I open up the notepad and I just start typing. And just start, away. Yeah, so yeah, typing. And are you reading it? Is that what you're, when you are actually. Normally, I haven't gotten to that skill. These guys are, and that's another thing that, again, I'm a little late <laughs> to the game to develop that skill. I just try and memorize it all and ad lib it as best as I can. Yeah. But uh, a lot of these, these folks are literally using, you know, their notes and uh, their teleprompter programs and everything else you can do. Yeah, but you have so much that you're bringing to the table, so much value and so much, like I said, that information and and um, that you can share with them. That's why, you know, when we were talking about mentoring, that was one of the first things I thought of, well, you know, when you when you switched over. I thought, boy, I said, those young reporters would just love to have you there because you're able to guide them through. And, I hope so. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, and, I, and I appreciate, you know, the energy and the excitement that these young guys are bringing and, and ladies are bringing to the station. I mean, we've got this the, our, our new group that's coming in now. Um, they're just so eager to go. And it's just so cool to work with them. Um, yeah. Well, let's turn our attention now to what you're reading. Um, I always like to ask my guest, what are you reading now? Well, since the 2019 50th anniversary of the Apollo landing on the moon, and anybody who knows me or has followed me realizes I consider that like almost a religious moment for the United States, and, and things have all gone downhill since we did that <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I've been reading a lot about the space program in the 60s. Um, right now I'm reading uh, Michael Collins' uh, Carrying the Fire. Uh, he was the third the third member of the crew on uh, Apollo 11. He was the guy that stayed in the command module and orbited while Armstrong and Aldrin went down to the surface. And uh, I had never really known a lot about him. And so I finally picked up, he said, this is like the third or fourth edition. He just passed away last year, I believe, or this year. But it's the third or fourth edition of his book. He would revise it every 10 years a little bit. Uh, so I'm reading the 2019 version, and uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's good reading. I've learned a lot. Yeah, I bet. What's your favorite book? My favorite book? Wow. That goes, I mean, I, I read 1984 about five times by George <laughs> Orwell and try not to draw parallels too often. Uh, <laughs> Fighting Back by Rocky Blyer. Uh, I read that nice. several yeah. times, especially when I was younger. Uh, and uh, when he was in town, I got to meet him and brought my dog-eared copy of Fighting Back and put a really <laughs> nice, uh, really nice autograph in it. So, so it sounds like you prefer nonfiction over fiction. Yeah, uh, I was big into Tom Clancy in the '80s and '90s, and once September 11th hit, it was like Tom Clancy couldn't dream up this stuff. And I lost all interest in it. I just have not read. I mean, I read all the Jack Ryan series up to then. And now it's like, it's like the reality is a little scary. I don't need to do, I need to escape into history a bit. Do you prefer a physical book or a digital book? I still prefer physical books. I read my share of downloads through, you know, I, I use the, the system here at the library oh, to download awesome. stuff. Um, and I, I download them on those places where you purchase books. But we don't want to get into that. We're at the library today. <laughs> and it's great. And it's nice. But I still prefer a physical book. I mean, I have my little book light that I bought on Amazon, a new one with three different color LEDs. <laughs> and I strap that thing to whatever I'm reading when I get up way too early on Saturday morning because after all these years, you're conditioned to just keep getting up way too early. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go sit on a porch, grab a cup of coffee, and fire up the book light. And... Uh, those are some of the best moments of the week. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I'm glad we were able to finally catch up and and, uh, talk for a few minutes. So uh, much luck. Enjoy watching you on the news and, and wherever you go. So, Paul, thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for all you do here. Thanks for listening to PLSJ's podcast. Visit us in person at your library branch or online at steubenvillelibrary.org.